And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. And Matt, we've been hyping this up a, a little bit for the last couple of weeks. Joining us today is Todd Buckingham um, from at Major underscore Mid. Um, thank you for coming back on the show again, Todd. Yeah, hi everybody. Yes. And Todd, if you if you follow Todd at all on Twitter, uh, you know what we're going to talk about this week. Uh, he actually put in on uh, put together a list of fan the fan rankings of listening. I can't believe you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and we'll get a little bit. We'll we'll definitely delve into that a little bit. But before we do that, I want to get obviously I want to get into uh, the week that was. Um, you know. We're we're recording this on a Sunday, so obviously we've got the Sunday games. We're not <laughs> the Sunday games between Wright State and with Wright State and Northern Kentucky and UIC and IUPUI, and you know we we haven't we haven't delved into that yet. Um, I will say this: obviously, uh, Wright State got over UIC being their uh, UIC being their kryptonite because they they won pretty handily on Friday night. On, on national television, I might add. So, uh, yeah. So, um, they're they're still uh, right. State's still in the driver's seat, and Northern Kentucky um, again also won. So, again, no big. Although no big they're game. they're a little banged up again, even worse than they have a been. A little so. bit, yeah. They they were yeah because what was the issue? I think uh, I think Dantes Walton was I believe sick, wasn't he? Um, he no, had an ankle injury. He, he an has ankle. an ankle injury, and Tyler Sharp was sick, and then he got hurt at the end of the game, and I haven't heard any. Tyler Sharp had so. strep throat, if if I understand it, man, that, and that's no joke. Um, and that's then at the, with 13 seconds left in the game, Tyler Sharp rolls his ankle, which I'm sure was absolutely painful. So, but which do you think hurt more, his throat or his ankle? Uh maybe you know, maybe he's a, a I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure one. Uh, you know what they say? If you hurt, you know one. Uh, one one feeling usually negates the other one. So I don't know. So he's just he's just hurting all. Over. I'm sure Tyler Sharp is just hurting all over right now. Pretty much. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. So, and then of course we had uh, Milwaukee and Green Bay, and Green Bay, who was down to Milwaukee, came back and won that game. Um, I tweeted this out. I think Amari Davis from Green Bay should be the hands down, is the hands down freshman of the year. He's probably going to win freshman of the week again this week. Um, but yeah, he is. He is absolutely. Yeah, he he is definitely making that statement right now to be freshman of the year. So I can't remember who I I can't remember who tweeted at us about him possibly being a first team All Horizon League. Um, I don't know about that. We're going to probably deliberate about that. We, what's going to happen with uh, specifically on HorizonRoundtable.com? John Parker is actually going to put his list together, and then the first, uh, the week of March first, uh, Jimmy Lemke and I is coming back, and he, him, and I are going to deliberate over our list. So it probably is going to be two different lists, I'm sure. Um, but I'm sure that discussion will be had. I, I don't doubt it. 
Um, and and last but not least is the is Oakland winning both their games at home. Um, and, and I think that's all we need to say about that. They looked good. It was kind of weird. I, I I don't want to talk about it. I mean, Bob, didn't they play Cleveland one of those games? Aren't you, you're a Cleveland guy? I believe they did. Um, man. Um, so. So what you're referring to, and, and I'd like to point out the fact that Cleveland State was is still down three guys. They're still they're down three guys. Jalen Hill is still out. Craig Bodwan's out, and now Franklin Penn Jr. is out. And instead of talking about them only being that shorthanded and only being only losing to Oakland by five, what are we talking about, Matt? What are we talking about? Um, I believe we're talking about the number two play on Sports Center from a couple days ago, where Rashad Williams, former Cleveland State member who's been through a whole lot thanks to some how some things were handled, uh, he basically murdered Hugo Ferreira, who was coming off of an angle injury, and uh, he 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 embarrassed him and he uh, put him on the ground, stared him down, made the three, and then did a little shimmy that set off everybody, and it got a lot of attention nationally and on Twitter and everywhere, and it was a lot of fun for Oakland, and they I haven't had a that, lot of fun this year. Yeah, I believe that video that video ESPN posted it has it has over like two million views now, so that's awesome. I, I, I okay, couple things about that, and I, I want to talk about Hugo Ferrer a little bit. First of all, obviously, because of the injuries to Craig Bodwan and Franklin Penn Jr. Th- that's a, he was in a, he was in an unfamiliar situation obviously because usually he wouldn't be on Rashad Williams it would be either Bodwan or Franklin Prince so um, I, I want I want to have sympathy for him but the problem is in the in the in the video he's actually trying to plead with the with the with the officials to get a foul. And I, even if and I'm a Cleveland State fan, and even I'm like, man, the officials aren't gonna do. It. You got your ankles broken. The officials aren't gonna are letting this one slide. Whatever it is, there, there was no offhand involved. He just got there crossed up. Like you, okay. you, you take now, your lick. Go, the, yep. the other part that I have an issue with it. This is the other part. I don't think a, a loss in all of this is actually something that I don't really. I, somebody's gonna. Somebody from Cleveland State is absolutely gonna have to clarify for me. That during that game, Hugo Ferreira was wearing the number ten in that game. Cause I had to I had to check tape on that, and believe me, you know, obviously since that video is out, since the video is out all over the Pretty place, easy to check. <laughs> he was wearing number ten. Nobody at Cleveland State is supposed to be wearing number ten at all. That number's retired. That no- and I know this because that number is retired. That the number t- the number ten was was worn by Mouse McFadden for crying out loud. Oh, that wasn't Bryn Forbes' number. You guys didn't retire that one. No, no. I'm just checking. No, number ten. There are there are three numbers at Cleveland State that are retired. There's there's a number number fourteen of Franklin Edwards. There's a number ten. Uh, there's a number thirty of Norris Cole, and then there's a number ten of Mouse McFadden. And I'm not. I'm, I'm struggling to understand how on earth that happened. I, I'm, 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 try, know I'm that, trying to figure. Out, I mean, I'm a I little concerned that by Oakland. that. I mean, I would be concerned, but you know, obviously that wasn't the that was obviously the during the Oakland game that wasn't the biggest issue. <laughs> but I, I I was thinking about that 
all Saturday, and I was and, and it didn't occur to me that that was kind of an issue until. Cleveland State broke out the black jerseys for the Detroit Mercy game, which, of course, I'm not a big... I, I hate the black jerseys. The black jerseys are cursed. Except, of course, against Detroit Mercy, because they actually beat Detroit Mercy. So, yeah, so I was really... And, and Hugo Ferrer in that game was wearing a number the number 11. So, and usually Ferrer is wearing the number 20, so I was obviously I was a little confused about all those things, but... It was it it it, it 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 is. I don't know why I'm. It's weird that I focus on those types of things, but it's like no. Um, and but yeah, I forgetting about all that. Obviously, Oakland has been playing much better as late as of late. I think the fact that Rashad Williams is a part of this lineup right now is completely transforms the Oakland lineup. I really do. I really think so. That was that was pretty obvious to me during the Youngstown State game where they were pretty much, you know, they, they pretty much dominated that game. I just, and I, did I don't not want to turn this into to a, too, too, too long of an Oakland talk, but uh, I was there obviously yesterday and b- the biggest thing I took from that as, as an Oakland person is Oakland didn't have have a great game. Rashad didn't go off for 40. X, you know, had a double-double, but most of it was in the second half. Nobody played a great game, and Oakland still beat the number three team. That's that's a good day for them. Yeah. So, that's well, true. And didn't just beat. They, they, there was never a time I thought Youngstown yeah. was going to come back and win that game. Yeah, and that was, that was kind of the case, cause, because Youngstown was cold. Youngstown State was cold that game. Just flat-out frigid. Um, I don't know what exactly transpired between the Detroit game and the Oakland game, but that was that essentially was Youngstown State's opportunity to take sole possession of third place in the Horizon League, and it just didn't happen. Now they have a much now they much have have a much taller mountain to climb because now Youngstown State has has four games left, and two of them are against Wright State and Northern Kentucky. Whereas, whereas Green Bay, who is who shares third place with Youngstown State, has a much easier road. So, so that's gonna so that that's gonna you know that was definitely an opportunity for Youngstown State to kind of get into the get into it. But now they have now it's still doable for them, but it's gonna be a lot tougher for them. It really is. So and so I and so I think unless I guess the only saving grace for Youngstown State is that the games against Wright State and Northern Kentucky are at home where they do much better um, at the House of Heart Attacks, but it, it's it's going to be a daunting task. It really is for Youngstown State. A lot of work ahead of them, and they they just they didn't look good really in either game this weekend. So they got to hopefully double up double back a little bit and get yeah. some stuff together. And for Youngstown State, there are some like far-reaching ramifications for them because they're like kind of on the cusp of a lot of things that haven't happened in a long ass time, like the fact that, you know, they they're finally at a point where they they are they could finish above 500 for the first time since God knows when. They 
have the chance to finish above 500 in the conference for the first time since God knows when. They have a chance to finish in the top half of the Horizon League, which I don't think they've done since the early 2000s. Actually, not even the early 2000s. I think since, I, I want to say since Kendrick Perry. Now, how long ago was that? I mean, so that, that so a lot of things that, you know, there, there's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on Youngstown State right now, but yeah, that's where they're at. Yep. So, and I will say, and I will also say this. Also, um, you had mentioned this when in, during the Detroit, uh, the Youngstown State Detroit Mercy game, where Antoine Davis, you know, scored thirty four points against Youngstown State, and the Titans still lost. And what happened? Yeah, you you are absolutely correct, Matt. I looked at it, and how many? Yeah, I think it was. I can't remember how many shots he took, but it was more than 25, I'm pretty sure. The, I mean, Detroit Mercy's just struggled. I, I actually went back and watched um, the Detroit-Cleveland State game um, today. Well, I, I skipped some of it because it, it was just unbearable at times, but I really tried to. Oh, um, I mean, yeah. Antoine Davis didn't make a three. He, you know, he hurt his knee early, which is definitely yeah. something as Horizon fans we need to keep an eye on. You never, You know, that's not someone you want hurt. You want him playing at a high level not to take away from yeah well the other thing too and i know he was hurt and everything but he was consistently getting his pocket picked by jeremy sanchez from cleveland state now jeremy sanchez for those of you scoring at home is a not only a freshman at cleveland state he's a freshman walk-on at cleveland state and he stole the ball from antoine davis at least twice in that game i would also be terribly concerned if i'm one of the seven detroit mercy fans out there hi carrick um, I would be terribly concerned that with you know the game on the line, the play was twenty some seconds, ball in Mercy's hand, and Daddy just let Antoine dribble up top and take a terrible shot. Again, I mean, that, that was the this game is plan. Not the, this is not the first time that's happened. This happened in at Youngstown State too. Same exact game plan, and I mean, yeah, I mean it. I, I don't that's know. Me- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have him up top. I'm going to have everybody waiting for him to do that, and I'm going to throw a lob to Chris Brandon because if I could take any one player off Detroit Mercy right now and put him on my team, it'd be Chris Brandon. I think the world of what he's doing. And, man, if he had an opportunity to do a little bit more, I think it would be even better. It's just too bad he can't make free throws. Uh, yeah, well, free thro- not making free throws was a running theme for both teams on that during that game. Cleveland State was absolutely atrocious. It, it, honestly, if Cleveland State had actually uh, – back to – you know, if Cleveland State had actually made their three throw, free throws, it would this game wouldn't have gone into overtime. First of all, right? Um, it, yeah, they, they, it's it's a weird thing because Cleveland State has had such a love hate relationship with with free throws. You know, sometimes it, you know, <laughs> you know there there are some games where they can shoot free throws like Mark Price, and then there are other games like Saturday where they're shooting the free throws like Shaq. I mean, that and there's no in between with them. It's so right. Utterly insane. I mean, it, it, utterly insane how how the how they are so herky jerky with with their free throws, Cleveland State. But uh, but again, turnabout is fair play because Chris Brandon obviously had an opportunity had an opportunity to tie the game and he clanked one. So, but again, you know the it what that wasn't and I don't put that on him. I, again, I put that on the game planning. I think I put that on the game planning on the Detroit Mercy end, which I don't really, I'm still struggling with. So, um, all right. So that was kind of the week that was essentially <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. All right. 
So, on to the re- uh, on to the re- on to the reason we have Todd on this week. So, again, if you follow Todd at Major underscore Mid uh, on the on February tenth, I believe that was what last Monday, uh, Monday February tenth. He and he's been he's been kind of hyping this up a little bit for the two uh, for a week or so prior. Or we were. You know, we were, but um, he actually put together a his list of the Horizon League fan engagement rankings. Okay, and I think there was a little bit of confusion on this because I was seeing replies to Todd that didn't really speak to the actual fan engagement, but the team's performance. Okay. Right. Let's be clear, right? Let's be clear that they're not, you know, they're not one in seven. <laughs> Just if your team is doing okay, that doesn't necessarily mean your team is, you know, your team's, you know, getting butts in the seats or terribly engaged as a fan base. All right, I think we've proven that in the Horizon League many, many for many, many years. Just because your team's doing good doesn't mean anybody cares. <laughs> Correct. That's right, true. and and. And people got it even a little more confused because they would talk about team performance from 15 years ago, and <laughs> How it is was Mercy? again. This was this was <laughs> not that's exactly this, what happened. This was not a ranking of of historic program or anything like that. It, it was just I went back four years on attendance and, and then looked at message boards and things like that, and um, and then I did want to and kind of to break ties or to to rank some teams higher i would go back and when was the last team that time the team won 20 games can i find youtube clips was the place packed um because we say you know team performance doesn't lead to fan engagement which is true but it's also not shocking that the teams that do the best have the most engaged fans Um, of course and so i i didn't want you know, my my parallel is I'm a team of a pack or a fan of a Pac-12 team that is historically not very good. So of course, there's there's not a ton of fan engagement. Um, and and so I I didn't and that doesn't mean that there aren't hardcore fans for every team in the horizon. That so it wasn't even a ranking of um, passion of fans or anything like that. It just was who's engaged and who's not. Well, IUPUI doesn't have a fan, but but go on. No. <laughs> so I, I re- other than I mean, I'm I'm happy that they they the Jag Pound exists now, and they're trying to do something there. It seems like the move off of campus for IUPUI, from what I c- could tell, just kind of looking back, was a really bad idea. Um, and and of course, when they had a 1,200 seat um, arena, if you want to call it an arena, it always looked more full. So there's that. I mean, you put a thousand people in twelve hundred seats, it's going to look more full. I mean, but well, it was I, also helpful that they had, you know, as you mentioned, it was also helpful they had like a guy like George Hill, who's yeah, you know an NBA yeah. player on their roster. It helped, also helped immensely that you had a guy like Ron Hunter coaching. I mean, I was right. at Oakland during those times, so we were all you know all on the summit, and 
I mean, the IUPUI was a formidable opponent. Yeah, their their little gym was small, but they had passionate fans. They had a student section that was ready to go. You know, they 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 put on a nice product. Something has happened there, man. It's it's bad. That's it's, a, it's I would love to. Yeah, I would love to know what the hell happened. Yeah, I would love to know what the hell happened with with IUPUI because you know there were something and and I want to but but you also see parallels between the fall off with IUPUI and the fall off with Cleveland State. Right. And by yeah, the way, the bottom... I, and I had to, and I, and I, just between nine and 10, I know you have, you have IUPUI at 10, you have Cleveland State at nine. And during the week, during the week and thinking of this, I was struggling. And by the way, um, I was struggling myself as a Cleveland State, as an actual Cleveland State fan. One of the maybe three people who are, I was struggling to personally kind of square how they could be ranked nine. <laughs> um, and it did, and it didn't help. So, and no, going back to the Oakland game, no more of a struggle. It was no, it was much more of an internal struggle for me as a Cleveland State fan to basically watch. Yeah, the you know the Rashad Williams that Rashad Williams shot and the reaction not just from Oakland fans but nationally and to see absolutely zero zero Cleveland State fan take up for Hugo Ferreira I wasn't right. gonna uh, that was just that was just a fight I knew I was gonna lose but. I mean, come on, even the biggest stand you can do no wrong fan, a diehard in and of itself, that there was nothing. Yeah. I, I was yeah. I was actually at I was actually at a point where between about, between about Thursday night and Saturday afternoon, I was thinking, just based on that, Cleveland State should be at the bottom of the list. <laughs> they they would have to pass IUPUI though, which is a more formidable. I know, no small feat. I think, yeah, no, yeah. And I, I, yeah. And I will say this too. By the way, Todd, I know that uh, uh, I don't. I know I've mentioned it recently. Uh, you did mention the fact that uh, you did mention the the demise of Cleveland State's message board. They actually do have another message board. Three people go to it, but they have a they still have, they have a new message board actually. And, and that's that's good to know. I, what I will say is, you know, as a person just googling trying to find it, oh, good it, luck finding it. Was, it. it was it was there was no finding it. So to to me, that's almost like it not existing. Well, um, I mean, well, I know why it exists. I honestly know why it exists. It exists because one guy doesn't want to be on Twitter. That's it. Oh. That's the only reason. I know the story behind. I know the whole story behind the new message board. It's because the people who are on the message board right now, by there's like again, there's maybe like three or four people actually active on that board. Um, I think I've seen. Uh, I knew one of them is on Twitter. The rest of them are not. So I don't know what to yeah, say. And, and for eight, eight and nine. I mean, the two spots that I thought would get the most pushback were Detroit uh, Mercy at eight. And actually, and uh, Northern Kentucky at three, um, huh. and I did get any pushback from Northern Kentucky, which was sort of surprising. Um, uh, Detroit, Detroit Mercy again. Nobody can deny the 
history of the program. And you can't even really deny some of the history of Cleveland State. But both show that if a program just falls by the wayside, it... I would say, I would, in in all honesty, I would actually put, I would actually flip, uh, I would actually flip UIC and, and Detroit Mercy. I think, I think in terms of fan engagement, I know in terms of their fans on social media, they're a little bit, they're, they're more active than the UIC yeah. guys. Um, so I would actually probably flip, I would actually, I personally would have UIC 8 and Detroit Mercy 7. I think that yeah. is, I think, from, at least from my standpoint. And I also will point out the fact, and, and I will, uh, I will point out the fact that, um, our fan, our fan episodes. We have obviously we have the two. One being the upcoming, you know, Jimmy Lemke fan battle royale. That's coming twenty twenty Jimmy Lemke fan battle royale that we're going to be recording first week in May. We have we already have a Detroit we we have a Detroit Mercy representative, and we have for many years. UIC has always been kind of a UIC. On the other hand, has been pretty herky jerky about in terms of participating. So I also put take that into pers- I also t- would take that into account as well. Um, so that that's kind of my thought process on you know where Detroit Mercy and UIC are are placed in your list. Well, and and you know the pushback from Detroit Mercy couldn't. Obviously, this is a subjective list. Yeah. Um, and I I couldn't argue with some of the pushback from Detroit Mercy, especially mm-hmm. Twitter. Twitter, Detroit yeah. Mercy fans are pretty engaged. Um, yes, they are. And there's maybe a couple of people that are pretty consistent with UIC, um, but not not many more than a two or three. Yeah. Um, and and the attendance numbers for UIC and Youngstown. Don't seem and and I know the the ex- explanation for Youngstown is is um, football boosters yeah. that don't show up. Neither of their attendance numbers really pass the eye test when you look at the actual games, um, and they're not high necessarily. But UIC was consistently finishing sixth, um, you know, right around there actually almost every year, and Youngstown about fourth for the last three years and then they were down at ninth in the 1617 um season yeah and 1617 was let's see here yeah 1617 was the last year of jerry slocum so that's that would explain a whole lot because 2017 is when they brought jerry calhoun in so that's probably where when you see that last that first that 1617 season in youngstown state that's where that comes from essentially um, in terms of yeah, in terms of engagement as far as Youngstown State is concerned, I can't really argue with you on that. Um, if you go on their message board right now, there's a lot more on the football side and comparatively little on the basketball side, especially now considering Youngstown State just got a new football coach. Um, mm-hmm. So they're kind of leaning into that right now. Um, the, the views were pretty high on uh, there is a ton more football. But the views yeah. were still pretty high on the basketball posts, which doesn't necessarily, I mean, that doesn't in itself say anything, but um, at least people are paying enough attention to, to look at the posts, do some commenting, things like that. You know what I find interesting is Youngstown has a regular reporter. You know, they, they seem to have a, a good local media coverage where I don't Yo, think he does. Exactly. So, John, so it's, John it's interesting Fargo how that plays uh, the- out. 
yeah, John Bargo, who we, from the uh, Warren Chronicle Tribune, who we've actually uh, Tribune Chronicle, who we've had on, we've had on the podcast, who is, you know, not only, I mean, he's he's all about, he he is the Youngstown beat, and they benefit from the fact that not, and again, not a lot of these major cities have them. You know, Chicago struggles. You know, UIC struggles to get attention from Chicago. Cleveland State get struggles to get attention from Cleveland. You know. Even Wright State has to struggle with getting attention from the day, from Dayton because of the University of Dayton. So um, that that Youngstown State has that is is also you know a, a kind of endearing quality in terms of social media. You uh, Youngstown's a little different animal, I think. Um, just and I'm not really I can't really in, I can't really exactly put my fingers on it. But um, and and again from my and again from my perspective, when you talk about you know fan engagement from in terms of how they participate when we call out for fans, that's a whole other animal as well because that's been that's been a struggle on our end too to you know get get UIC to not you get both UIC and Youngstown State fans um, to participate in kind of the fan focused episodes too. So. I, I think that'll eventually that will change, and I believe that it will be changing starting with the Fan Battle Royale this year, but um, that's just kind of my thought on that. Well, and, and I know the argument we just talked about it, the argument of the inflated numbers on attendance, but fourth the last three years mm-hmm. in Horizon League attendance, I, I get that they're giving some t- tickets away, but it, there's something to the number. Yeah. And one of the other things too, and I know you, uh, and this is something you didn't bring up, is that um, the big thing I think as well is I, 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 this. This to me is also I consider this would be pretty important too. Is is there these teams' engagement with the students? I think that's yeah. a that that I think for me that's kind of a factor that we don't really. Well, I know we've talked about a lot on this on this podcast, and it really does shine through. And I think um, I got, I think last week, yesterday, we got a comment about the fact that Youngstown State's student section isn't really that robust, whereas Northern Kentucky or Wright State, those guys are you know definitely got their stuff together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Oakland, obviously, <laughs> um, right. you know, and. So that that's, yeah. that that's kind of a something that's kind of something that I factor I I am starting to factor in as well. Yeah, there were there were two reasons I put Oakland above Northern Kentucky, mm-hmm. and one was and there's this isn't even a knock on the Northern Kentucky student section. I, I think they're one of the best in the horizon, but Oakland is probably the most passionate and strongest has the strongest network when it comes to the student section, and then. The other part with Northern Kentucky is the year before they kind of surprisingly went to the NCAA tournament, or at least weren't the top team, but made won the Horizon League tournament. In sixteen seventeen, they were seventh in in Horizon attendance, and so it's still newer. It's it you know that and some history too. Obviously, Oakland has been around longer. All sure. those things. So it it could certainly say, and maybe now Northern Kentucky is. Turn the turn the corner and and they'll be top two in attendance every year going forward. But not that long ago, it wasn't the case. That's true. Well, well in my opinion, it's oh, go ahead, Bob. 
Yeah, and I think, and yeah, and you you kind of see kind of you, and we obviously we've seen it over the past you know three years, uh, kind of the resurgence, uh, this this surge of interest on the northern Kentucky side, and I'm not just saying that because of the fact that we have you know that a bunch of our followers on Twitter are northern Kentucky fans. Although that does help, <laughs> I think I think in terms of fan bases, people following uh, following the Horizon Roundtable on Twitter, um, I think one A would probably be you probably put it as one A and one B, one A being Northern Kentucky, one B being Oakland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the biggest right, thing, right? St- Go ahead, man. Oh, uh, the biggest thing I've I've seen is um, Northern Kentucky is definitely getting there i mean we all see what you know valhalla does you know kyle craven or super all those guys are doing great work but um the reality is i think they're still struggling especially with student support um their, their student section hurts you know they, they get on social media and they get after themselves which i appreciate they're very realistic but they also promote themselves to try to get that section filled and they've had some success but it's not regular success um oakland's grizz gang is regularly successful even though even in a down year you're still seeing a pretty full section if you go back and look at you know the youngstown game yesterday the section was still very full very loud and was doing what grizz gang does it's not at its peak i'm not gonna lie to you but it's still very good, and I think it's probably the most consistent student section, even more so than Wright State. But uh, I'm probably biased, and I accept that. But sure, um, I, I really do think that Oakland has the most consistent student section, and um, and Northern Kentucky is getting there, but but they're not there yet. And the other thing that hurts Northern Kentucky, at least when you watch their games on TV, is they have the best arena, but it's just too big for them still. So it's still even you know too, half full. You know, they might have 4,000 people, and it's great, but the, it looks like a big cavern still. So as they grow more, it's going to get better for them. They're just yeah. not there yet. True, true. So Yeah, the, the same same thing you were just saying, Matt. It, it, the, but when I went back and watched several games, just went back this season, and it was bad for Oakland as far as product on the court. Uh, I don't have to tell you that for, for a lot of this season – and you'd go back to a game where you thought, well, this is when it was really bad. What does the student section look like? It was still pretty darn full, um, whereas a lot of places that just wouldn't happen when the product isn't very good. Uh, before we get before we get to the state, I talk a little about them. Um, I'm at the bottom of the list, which is a team that isn't even a Horizon League member yet, but they will be very soon in Purdue-Fort Wayne. Um and I really think, and by the way, um, as I mentioned before, obviously, um, we have invited uh, the fan ba- the Purdue Fort Wayne fan base, to join us in this next fan battle royale coming up in in May. So um, I should also point out the fact that any team that the, any team fan uh, any fan teams whose fan base does not participate in the fan boy, battle royale will be subject to open ridicule. I think we mentioned that last fall. It's still going to be true, guys. So yeah, yeah, you guys better get your stuff together. We want all we want all everybody to participate, but specifically Fort Wayne. And and you, now, Todd, I know you follow both uh, the Horizon League and the Summit League pretty uh, pretty regularly. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about Fort Wayne and kind of how they've been. You know what what they're like because it doesn't sound just based on your research it doesn't sound like they have that robust a fan base either, which is really not helpful considering we already have one fan base who doesn't have that kind of fan who doesn't have that kind of reach either. Yeah, it 
you know, as far as finishing, they're usually a middle of the pack, or at least in the last several years, middle of the pack summit team. Um, and when I just, I didn't go back before this year with Fort Wayne um, to, to look, but if I were to, uh, when I put their numbers um, together for this year, they're right around where IUPUI is, um, okay. which we all know doesn't isn't a real big number. Um, it's a smaller gym. Okay. It looks a lot like I have not looked at the actual total attendance, but it looks a lot like the old jungle that IUPUI had. Um, and so it looks a little more full, but the numbers are not um, very high. And, and when we're talking, I didn't go into there to look for message board. I have in the past. I didn't for this. Um, the biggest reason I put them 11th is because then I can not have to rank some one that's currently in the 11th. But um, but then the numbers kind of matched up too. And and. So, but as far as Twitter goes, I don't get much, and that you know, it's it's anecdotal because it's just me. But I don't yeah. get a lot of response from Fort Wayne fans at all when I when I tweet anything Fort Wayne related. Well, that's um, interesting. Hmm. Are, is Fort Wayne not playing their games at the Coliseum anymore? I know they. I thought, they, yeah, I was... I thought they were playing at the Memorial Coliseum, which is, from what I understand, a really nice facility. Older, but it's nice. That's a good question. I'm. I, I'll, I'll double check. When I watch games on on. Uh, on ESPN, it mm-hmm. it seems pretty small, um, but okay. like I said, I did not look at total um, capacity. And I like, it, it, it's a nice. I mean, it, I don't think it's a bad arena. It just seems small. If I remember, because um, that's where the the Fort Wayne's GDT, the Mad Ants play. I think. Yes. Right. So uh, if I remember, um, I think um, Fort Wayne has like an on-site venue that they have to use sometimes, and they get into the Coliseum if there's not something else booked. If I remember how that. that- that probably makes sense. Yeah, I went yeah. at a couple of games, just because again, you don't tend to look at the crowd while you're watching a game to watch the basketball. So when I went back for this, it, they must have been using that smaller facility in the couple of games I looked at. Sure. Yeah, and I know that. Yeah, and I I know well, and that's in, and I think with in in the case of Fort Wayne, I'm sure this is going and um, hopefully this is going to be there the case in. Uh, this is going to be what happens in their case, as opposed to what ended up hap- actually happening with IUPUI, is they that Fort Wayne is going to make some step, take some steps to step their game up because I know one of as I under, as I as I understand it correctly, one of the things that they did at the before at, during the off season last year. Was they actually boosted John Kaufman, head coach John Kaufman's salary up considerably, in anticipation, presumably, of the move from the summit to the horizon, to the horizon. Also, the fact that you know John Kaufman's a pretty damn good coach, so that's uh, so it probably is incentive for him to stick around as opposed to him getting poached by a Horizon League team, which was which as of which last year was rumored to be Cleveland State at one point in time. So, um, so, sorry, real quick side. I'm just actually looking through Purdue Fort Wayne box scores. They do seem to be playing at the Hilliard Gates Sports Center, which is probably that smaller. Menu, okay. I'm guessing. So, maybe something's changed there. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. I'm up on my Purdue Fort Wayne yet. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do, obviously, we'll have to do some. We'll have to do some research on you know kind of what they're all about uh, moving forward, since they are in fact going to be a part of our a part of our conference sooner rather than later. Um, but and by the way, I guess we should be starting to ask what, what is the uh, wh- when does the f- the switch flip on uh, us talking, you know, uh, us uh, getting uh, 
getting Fort Wayne involved? Is that like at the end of the basketball season, or do we got to wait till May? I don't want to wait till May. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'm good with uh, after uh, after our championship's done. You know, whenever our, our last team's done playing, knocked knocked out of the NCAA tournament, they're ours. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Well, that, well, and that's the other thing too. I think, yeah, because they'll probably be because I think the Summit League and the Horizon League, their championship game for their conference tournament championship game are actually on the same night, as I recall. And you know, unless something, you know, while I would, I would probably say as soon as the Summit League is eliminated from the NCAA tournament, I think that's when my my switch would flip. Not necessarily the Horizon League because you know theoretically. It's possible that Wright State could, you know, if they do win, or you know, it's possible that the Horizon League team could actually win an NCAA tournament game this year. I'm not saying that they're going to, but possibly. Especially the way that, you know, but anyway. But yeah, but, but I think we, you know, but let's get to, obviously, number one on your list, Todd, which was uh, which was Wright State. Um, I, there's no really denying that in terms of attendance, Wright State has been consistently at the top of the league. Yeah, yeah, they were top all four years that I looked at for attendance. So that part was pretty easy. When you go to um, the message boards, the views are pretty similar to what you see at NKU, which is the the other, uh, I would say, most stacked message board, them in Oakland, the, th- the three yeah. teams. It was pretty co- comparable there. The only thing that Wright State doesn't necessarily have that Oakland and um, – NKU have is their fans are just more quiet um, on thing on places like Twitter and social yeah. media. And, um, I, I you know, know that's a thing we've we've discussed. I know that's a thing we've talked about. I know you know we, we every time we have a fan forum that we we got that one go to guy Ricky Redinger um, who's probably going to participate in the fan battle royale this year. But by and large, you're absolutely right. It's it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic. With, with Wright State, because if you go to the Raider Nation board, uh, which uh, Big D has had for years, that's a pretty active board. And it, you know, they, it, at one point in time, they had two messages. Well, they, they technically do have two message boards still, one of them being Raider Nation, the other one was Raider Roundball, which, by the way, I didn't, Raider Roundball was this fan, which was this fan site. That is not uh, was if you want to make a comparison to it, it is comparable to what what the Norse report is right now, doing the same exact thing. Um, and I didn't realize that the, I didn't realize that they that Radio Roundball itself, the actual site, actually shut down about a week and a half after the last Fan Battle Royale. I didn't even realize that. So, um, big uh, to me, I think that's a big loss. In terms of you know their, in terms of right state, but clearly they've got clearly between with the Raider Nation board, it's it, it kind of makes up for it. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right in terms of in terms of social media engagement. It's a it's relatively quiet in comparison to to some of the other schools. I also never yeah, get the Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go for it. I wouldn't even say it's quiet as hard as like likes or retweets happen. Pretty. Oh, oh, they're absolutely. They're very in terms of like retweeting, liking things. They're very. Right state fans are very active. It's just actually members. Even members of the administration will will get involved with retweeting and such. Yeah, they just don't talk trash. 
No. What's the fun in that? weird. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really weird. I don't understand that. I don't know. I, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's the better percent. I've just always felt that they struggle to consistently put a, a student base in there. You know, like the NKU game, my God, that, that Nutter Center was amazing. The, the atmosphere they built for that game on ESPN, that was that was it. Like if that was a fairly regular thing, man, there's no there's no conversation to even be had. But I get the impression that that was kind of a one-off and that there's a lot of nights in the Nutter Center where you get, you know, a couple thousand people because they do have some, you know, pretty regular fans, which is good. Dayton's just a oh, great absolutely. basketball area. But I get the impression it's a pretty quiet fan base. There's not a lot of student support all the time. Like, maybe that's just a bad perception, but that's the way it is. Banana Man oh. notwithstanding. I mean, we, why can't we get – I mean, I love Ricky. Don't get me wrong. I love that we always get Ricky. But can we get Banana Man? I want Banana Man. I know. I, we've, already, we've talked about this. Um, yes, Banana Man, we know who you are. And, you know, you know who we are. So give us a holler. <laughs> Banana Man for the so yeah, somebody on rights if you want if you want to see right state this is your right state fans this is your challenge if you've gotten to this part if you've gotten to this point in the podcast and I hope to God you have this is your challenge get Banana Man retweet Banana Man tell me uh, Banana Man for the for the fan battle royale that's what I'm looking for no 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 disrespect to Ricky Ricky obviously you know. Uh, there's you know if banana man says no there, the place the spot is always yours but damn it banana man for the fan battle royale i think ricky's have to wear a banana costume if we don't get banana man <laughs> uh, yeah so banana so so that's our, that, that's that's how we're going to close out the show banana man for the fan battle royale it's gonna be a. It's gotta be a hashtag. Uh, I. I got. I want to see at least one right state fan break out that hashtag. Banana man for the fan battle royale. It's a long hashtag, man. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Hey Todd, thanks so much for putting all this together. Like we said, we were literally looking for someone who was mostly unbiased. And I think you did a great yes. job. So thank you so much for taking more time than most people would absolutely. put into this. Oh, it was. It was fun. I appreciated doing it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, uh, and again, follow Todd on, on Twitter at major underscore mid. Um, if you're into, if you're in the Horizon League, you know he, he's definitely he's definitely more he's he, Todd. You're really probably yeah. As it's kind of that independent fan, it's it's a it, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. We got somebody who's interested in you know kind of the Midwest mid majors that as much as you are. So that's it's great that we have you on there. And I'm sure by the way, I'm sure the Summit League fans are also clamoring for you to do a fan ranking on there. So good luck with that. <laughs> yes, there has been um, asking for that as well. So I, I will put one together. Um, and the, I, that's what I appreciate about the the horizon is just so much more active on Twitter. So for me, it really is. I mean, of course, there are players and teams at different times that I um, gravitate towards more than others, whether it be sure. style of play or what have you. But I am not a fan of any of the team. I, just, I would hope whoever does well does well. So. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah. But, but but again, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for putting this together for us as a kind of neutral third party guy. That's that's yeah. awesome. So, um. So so th- thank you again for doing that. Thank you for coming on and talking about it too. Uh, really appreciate it as well. So, um. Other than that, that should do it. As always, you can find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable on horizonroundtable.com. You can find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable wherever podcasts are available, and of course, you can find them. Uh, Find episodes on your Amazon and Google devices. So, as always, thank you for listening.